Hi, and welcome to Wellness with Lana. I'm Lana, your realistic wellness bestie, here to discuss everything from nutrition and fitness to mental health and fun. Join me every weekend for an episode that's entertaining, educational, and can help you become the best version of yourself. Okay, welcome back, everyone. So I'm excited to kind of dive into this entire topic because I feel like it's very trendy and so many people talk about it, but it's kind of hard to fully explain what intuitive eating and the whole 80-20 rule is. Um, I know some people consider intuitive eating and the 80-20 rule like they're not the same, but for me, they're the same. Yeah, that's all I have to say. But anyway, first let's go and talk about something I'm grateful for and something I'm not very grateful for. So one of my things, one of my grateful things is just the hot weather and having a job and just getting stronger. I think there is not a, like, there's nothing extremely amazing that happened this week, but I've been at a mentally very good spot, which is encompasses everything like my physical and emotional health. So I'm very grateful for that and I definitely think that staying busy and having a job is one of those reasons because a lot of times and I was actually talking about this to someone on my Instagram DM and if you don't follow me you should at wellness with Lana but I was talking about you know how over the weekend I get really upset and emotional and I tend to you know do some negative coping strategies for that and um I think that's just because of the lack of structure and not having a job or not having, I guess, set things to do. So I'm definitely working on my weekends and making them a positive thing and not something I dread. Something I'm not very grateful for is I honestly am not the most grateful with my digestive system right now. This might be TMI, but I think when I get like nervous and stuff, Um, you know, my stomach starts to hurt a lot and I think anyone can relate that when you get nervous or something, your stomach hurts and lately at work, I've been getting nervous a lot because we've been having a lot of issues at work, um, with, you know, clients and stuff, but I'm not grateful for the fact that my stomach always hurts when I get nervous because I am a very anxious person, but we are going to push through and find some ways to relax ourselves. So... Now with that spiel, hopefully you can think of as you're listening to this, maybe you're walking or shopping or whatever you're doing, um, try to kind of look at your week and find one or many things that you're grateful for and one or many things that you're not grateful for. Um, It's similar to highs and lows, but I just like to call it something I'm grateful and not grateful for. So getting into this episode, what intuitive eating really is. So first I'm going to give a very basic definition because this can kind of help set the stage to what I'm going to be talking about in this entire episode. So it's pretty much rejecting diet mentality and understanding what and when your body needs. But sometimes this is kind of putting in my perspective too. It's also sometimes not fully listening to your body if your brain says hey something's not right or you need to eat and you might not be completely completely hungry so for me that's what intuitive eating is it is rejecting diet mentality and being smart with my choices while also trying to listen to what my body physically and emotionally needs so there is like a very fun analogy that I like to think about with intuitive eating is 
babies. So as a baby, we cried when we were hungry, we got our food, we ate how much we wanted to, and then we went to sleep or we went played and did whatever. Even as kids, a lot of us can even remember actually like before teenage years how you wouldn't worry about diets or calories or whatever. You would just go inside and eat whatever your mom cooks or just find something in the freezer heat it up, eat it, and move on with your day. And it didn't matter if it was four o'clock or if it was nine o'clock, if you were hungry, you would eat and you would not think twice about it. So that's what intuitive eating is, is pretty much trying to get back to the fact that like when we were kids and before we were kids, we were able to eat and not have a lot of emotions tied to it and not have a lot of stress tied to it. So diet culture tries to kind of explain say that we're addicted to sugar, sugar is addictive, or we will be extremely obese if we don't, you know, count all the calories or be on a diet. But unfortunately, that's literally their marketing strategy. And um, well, number one with the sugar thing where whatever they, I mean, you can get addicted to, you know, alcohol and like actual addictive substances. But no, you can't really get addicted to sugar. It can become a habit, but you can't become addicted to it. Um, If people were addicted, we'd probably be eating it out of the bag, like, and not in, like, a nice little chocolate bar. No, like, we would be eating it by the spoonful, and people don't really do that. So, um, yeah. And then, no, you will not really get obese if you, like, count every single calorie, if you don't count every single calorie that goes into your mouth. Um, but I do have a big disclaimer. So number one, for those people with eating disorders, intuitive eating does not work. If you taught your body to not be hungry in the morning because you never ate breakfast, which actually I will talk about that later, or, you know, you ate very little portions to the point where you're never really hungry, you can't fully, you can take a lot of these tips and and help yourself, obviously, but you can't fully take and say, oh, well, I'm only going to eat when I'm hungry. Actually, a lot of times your body isn't going to be hungry and you're going to need to eat. So you just need, you can definitely use your brain and like turn it on and really think about your food choices and, you know, when and what you eat. But you don't necessarily, you can't really say, like intuitive eating is not this whole hunger fullness thing. Like that's not what it is. Like A lot of times that's not even healthy because we live in a very crazy world and sometimes it's not possible to always eat when you're hungry or always eat when you're not hungry. You know what I mean? So also disclaimer, if you dealt with weight as a kid and you know, you've been in a lot of diets and that was kind of the only thing that worked, you probably have background knowledge on what, you know, you, how much you should be eating to gain weight and how much you should be eating to lose weight and a lot of times you need to really learn like what intuitive eating is as I mentioned before it is not this whole like like hungerfulness thing but you do definitely need to listen to your body because that is one of the best ways to go about food so that's my little disclaimer if you have an eating disorder probably not a great idea you can take many of these tips but don't just say oh I'm only going to eat when I'm hungry I promise you, you probably won't get hungry almost the entire day if you are early on in your eating disorder recovery. Or, well, if you're the opposite and you're dealing with like extreme hunger in recovery, then, well, eat and don't stop because that's the only way that you're going to get out of that, which I should make an episode on that, but that's a different side story. Anyway, so 
Intuitive eating has 10 principles that I found while researching, but I instead narrowed it down to five kind of adding and subtracting things that I found from my personal opinion and from talking to other, um, mostly females our age. So number one, removing the diet mentality and making peace with food. This is probably one of the hardest things because unfortunately our entire society is based on diets. Anytime a lot of books, like literally that's how they make money is like lose weight in this amount of time or, you know, do this to, you know, get abs and stuff. Unfortunately, a lot of times that doesn't work and that's only a marketing strategy. And the amount of times, like the one thing that really bothers me is I still get YouTube ads for like Noom or Weight Watchers. Like, that is that is still a diet. I don't understand why people are like, oh, Noom is all about psychology. No, it's not, okay? And it is not good for you to be always relying on a diet or looking at, like, diet things or researching diet things. You need to make, like, complete peace with all food and really try to understand what do you like and what do you not like. So, there are no, like, good and bad foods, but there's things that you, like, hate the taste of. So don't force yourself to eat it. If you hate the taste of, I don't know, kale, maybe try spinach instead. If you hate the taste of sushi, maybe have, you know, rice and chicken. That's a very like diet, I guess. No, it's not. Okay. It's food. If you feel like you want rice and chicken, eat rice and chicken. Don't force yourself to eat what's considered healthy or not healthy. And a lot of times it's not just about the whole like good and bad food, which I made a Um, I made a TikTok and a reel about this where like I was eating chocolate and saying like no food is necessarily um, good or bad. It's literally just food. And I don't understand why people need to always say like, oh, I'm being so bad if they're eating like a piece of chocolate or a hamburger or a slice of pizza. Like, no, you're not being bad. You're literally living your life and you can move on from that. You don't need to make commentary and a lot of times that commentary does trigger trigger people, especially those who might be struggling with their relationship with food. So don't make comments on your food choices and don't try to convince yourself or others like, oh, I'm eating, I don't know, egg whites instead of normal eggs because it's healthier. No, it's not. And if you're thinking of it that way, if it's less calories, then you're probably having problems with diet mentality, which often leads to disordered eating. One of the things that a lot of people, whether you had problems with food or not, it's those thoughts in your mind that are like saying like what you can or can't eat. Like, oh, I can't eat or even when you can eat. Like, oh, I can't eat past six or eight o'clock because all that would turn to fat. Actually, there are like thousands of studies out there that say otherwise. So you can tell that little voice to like leave. There's all other thoughts like, oh, I can't eat sugar because it's addictive. Actually, it's not. It does release dopamine, but a lot of other foods and a lot of things release dopamine. Like running releases dopamine and like a runner's high. Does that mean it's unhealthy? No. Okay. So you need to kind of take those thoughts. And the only thing that helped me battle those thoughts is to look at research behind all of these thoughts and know that they're not necessarily real. So there's that. Number two is honoring your hunger. So 
This is probably difficult for a lot of people because I feel like our society is like, oh, you can only eat when you're starving hungry, like you're really hungry. No, sometimes you can eat for enjoyment. Sometimes you can eat because you literally worked out and you might not be hungry because working out does suppress your appetite. And that doesn't mean that you could like just like ignore eating afterwards just because you're not hungry. Sometimes you need to be smart, but we'll get into that later. So if you don't honor your hunger, um, you know, short term, it might not backfire. It does for some people, but long term, you will start the binge restrict cycle. You will start to overeat in one meal or one sitting because that is a biological process of your body trying to survive. If you don't eat enough, you will, your body will make sure that you eat later on. And if you don't want to deal with the kind of like mental um, side of like under eating, overeating, under eating, overeating, then like eat enough, like literally start with a really good breakfast. Okay. Not a piece of fruit, not like one or two eggs, like a good breakfast with like protein, fat, and carbs. Then have a good lunch, then have a good dinner. And you will see that once you eat enough, your body will understand that it doesn't need to overeat all the time. At the same time, include snacks or eat earlier or later if you're hungry i don't understand why people have such a hard problem like if they're like oh i ate like only an hour or two ago but i'm already hungry so eat like why do you need to ask questions like why are you questioning your body if your body kept you alive and safe when you were a baby why are you questioning it now it might require some training to like fully trust your body again but why are you starting to question every single food choice if you're hungry eat there shouldn't be a whole like there shouldn't be a whole marathon to get from point A to the fridge, okay? Step three, or I guess principle three is honoring your fullness. So honestly, this is super tough for me because I love to eat. I love food. And for a while, I did not give myself enough. So I literally ate like forever. However, you need to also remember that if you honor your hunger, you also need to honor your fullness. And you need to always give your body assurance that it can eat whenever it wants and whatever it wants. So for me, there are certain foods that I really restricted in my past. And now, obviously, I pretty much allow myself to eat everything unless there are um, two specific things that my doctor said I cannot eat because I'm literally allergic. But everything else I eat um, and a lot of times I have to keep reminding myself like I can eat it tomorrow. Um, like I can eat it again like this isn't the last time and this definitely helps me kind of this is still a struggle I think for me and for anyone who had a restrictive past to like like it feels like it's never enough Um, and obviously if you start off your health and fitness journey on the right foot like intuitively eating and just adding in more nutrient-dense foods and things you won't necessarily have to deal with this if you restrict for a long time you are going to have to deal with this because your body signals are probably out of whack whether you dieted or and or you had an eating disorder honoring your hunger and fullness can be super tough and i that's also why i had that disclaimer in the beginning that if you have an eating disorder things can be different um for example um i got full extremely quick when i was first starting to recover and that didn't mean that i could just stop eating okay like no like I don't know, like a little plate of rice is not enough food to get healthy again. So I had to go past that fullness sometimes. And of course, 
there are situations where you have a holiday, you have a vacation, you're eating way past fullness because the food tastes great and that's okay. And you need to give yourself permission that, hey, like next time I'll eat to fullness and I'll be done and I'll be satisfied and I won't stress about it. So number four, which honestly is going to be one of my, the biggest tip is gentle nutrition. So I mentioned that intuitive eating and this, and I will go into the 80-20 rule is it is not just like the hunger fullness, um, I guess, thing. It's more of being smart, okay? So, for example, if you are really craving, so again, honoring your hunger, honoring your cravings, making peace with food. If you are extremely craving chocolate, like you really want it, totally okay. You can literally have dark chocolate or milk chocolate or whatever chocolate you want every single day. But what can you add to your craving? So maybe you're craving chocolate, add a banana for some extra fiber. Add some nuts, you know, for some extra like um, protein and fat. So you need to be smart to see like, what can I add to something that I'm already craving to make sure that it will sustain me and I don't end up overeating on the thing that I want. So I call this gentle nutrition because you're honoring what your body wants, but you're also understanding that you're going to need certain things to make sure that you're properly fueling your body. So Fiber Fueled, which is a book by Bill Wolkivis, I think that's his name. Anyway, it's a wonderful book if you want to learn about your gut microbiome, which is a big part of, in my opinion, of intuitive eating because your body functions best when it's eating all three macronutrients and all the micronutrients. Like your body thrives on having variety and addition of all these fruits, vegetables, and proteins and carbs. And this book kind of goes into, obviously say like, yes, you can, um, it does kind of lay out like a very restrictive diet plan in my opinion. However, the actual like book part where it's teaching you about like foods that might aggravate your gut, like obviously you can still eat them once in a while, but probably eat less of them and focus more on adding more like plants and more variety to your diet. I think he talks about like plant points where like how many plants you can add to your meal, you like count it up and you want as many plant points as possible, which I think is such a good like mindset especially if you're really used to like counting or tracking numbers or calories when you're eating that's a good way to like kind of ease out of that um out of that like I guess obsession and go into more of like a positive um way of using that kind of obsession of counting for a better thing another thing that I will have to mention is the timing of meals because unfortunately I see everyone running around around me like friends family and even on social media and they complain oh I didn't eat because I didn't have time or I'm not super duper hungry unfortunately you can't fully like we are very busy people we have school we have work we have all of these things you can't extremely like rely on your body 24 7 so for example if you leave for work pretty early um, or school by like seven, like normally I leave for work or school around seven. I make sure the night before to eat kind of an earlier dinner, just a little bit. And then I generally eat a breakfast before I leave or um, I pack a breakfast and I eat it um, like when I get there. And a lot of times this is before you're actually fully hungry. Especially if you decide to work out in the morning or you run or you, like me, you lift weights and you walk, then 
you're not necessarily going to be hungry in the morning because exercise is an appetite suppressor. That is a biological thing in humans where, you know, if you run and you were hungry before, you're not going to be necessarily super hungry after because your body was in that like fight or flight mode where it will suppress your hunger to make sure that you get from point A to point B as safe as possible. Obviously, we don't have like mountain lions chasing after us anymore, but we still have that um, those like chemicals to suppress our hunger when we work out. But after you work out, please, okay, eat like more than like a banana or a piece of fruit. Um, you need protein, fat, and carbs, especially after you work out. It doesn't matter what your fitness goals is. It doesn't matter if you want to lose weight, maintain, or gain weight, or build muscle, or whatever you want to do. You need to make sure you're fueling your muscles as soon as possible after your workout. For me, this is roughly like an hour after my workout. No, it does not need to be 10 minutes, but if you're hungry 10 minutes after, make sure you eat. But I like to give myself like an hour of time to just chill. And then I go downstairs and I make something like some of my favorite breakfasts are when I'm on the go... I generally pack like a protein bar. Um, My favorite are the RX bars. I'm trying to go away from like the super processed protein bars just because they just aren't my favorite um, and they don't really make my stomach feel good. And then I love to just pack some fruit, a banana. So then there in that like little thing, I have protein and fat from the protein bar because the protein bars that I buy are pretty high fat because there's nuts in them. And then I also have carbs from like banana or fruit. But that's obviously if I'm on the go. Like if I'm not home, I have to work with what I have. Sometimes I make like a protein smoothie with avocado and banana and all the good stuff. But if I'm home, then I spend um, a little more time on my breakfast and I tend to go for like, lately I've gotten on this kick and if you go on my TikTok or my Instagram, you will see this recipe and you need to try this recipe because it is life-changing. Protein oats without the protein powder. Protein powder for me is just like not it. Wow, this is such a tangent. Anyway, protein powder for me is like not it. It really makes my stomach upset and I don't necessarily love all the additives. And the one protein powder that I did end up buying was literally crushed up hemp seeds. And that stuff tastes horrible. If I put it in a smoothie, I can't taste it as much. But I definitely can't even, I can't even do the like whole like four tablespoons or whatever the they say is like serving, which honestly, that's also like making peace with food is... um. Don't read the labels for calories or serving sizes because they're dumb. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? Anyway, so I made these oats with egg whites. And that is a really good way to get in your protein and your carbs. But then I also added some nuts for that fat. So I also love avocado toast with some eggs. Honestly, sometimes I could even eat that for like lunch or dinner. Because I like breakfast all the time. Anyway, another thing is like, so timing. So sometimes you just need to be smart with when you eat. Because if you, like, if you don't eat lunch till 12 and you decide to wake up and not, even if you don't work out, if you decide to wake up at like 6 or 7 and you just don't eat lunch till 12, like, that's not healthy. Because if you skip meals, you are raising your cortisol levels, which actually starts holding on to fat. So if your goal is to lose fat, then that's not going to work out for you. 
And another thing is like it will often cause you to overeat because you do get hungry around like eight, nine, or ten. But you don't like you don't. So be smart. Pack snacks. Understand that like if you have to leave at a certain time or you have a meeting, you might want to eat like before, even when you're like before you're actually hungry, because that will set you up for success later on. A lot of times, you know, meal times change because you know, things happen or you get busy and always having like snacks or healthy things is kind of a good way to start. Finally, I'm going to touch on this whole 80-20 thing because I feel like people view intuitive eating and 80-20 as two different things. And I know the, I guess, like title of this episode is an 80-20 diet, but it's not a diet. I consider it a lifestyle because honestly, 80-20 is how I live my life too. So This also goes into this whole gentle nutrition part of intuitive eating because it is kind of gentle nutrition. So 80% of your food is generally whole foods. And a lot of times you'll notice that your body craves like 80% of whole foods. It is the foods you cook from home. Like it it doesn't even necessarily need to be like only salads or fruit. No, you know, um, you know, brown rice, quinoa, sweet potatoes, chicken, fish, like whole foods, like nuts and, you know, fruit, like all of these things that you can pretty much find from the ground. Like if you can't, if you can't find it from the ground, that is not a whole food. But then you have this other 20% where it's fun things like chocolate or going out to eat or pizza or pasta or whatever else you want. And I think this is part of gentle nutrition because when you want the pizza, Gentle Nutrition says, hey, maybe add a little side salad to it. And that's totally fine. Like you're craving something, you're adding to it, but you're also maintaining this whole 80-20 mentality where you, because you eat whole foods and because your body will crave whole foods for a majority of the time, when you do like every evening or, you know, once or twice a week, when you want that treat or you want those nuggets or those fries, you can eat them and not worry about it because you ate healthy healthy and you honored your body and the whole foods that it wanted earlier in the day or the week. So a lot of times though 80-20 also doesn't necessarily work because if you're on vacation, like if I'm on vacation, you can bet your booty that I am not eating 80-20. I'm probably eating 50-50, okay? But that's because you're on vacation and you need to learn to be very flexible with what and when you eat because that's literally part of intuitive eating and it's pretty much part of your life. So finally, this episode is getting very long. I hope it makes sense. But finally, eating mindfully. Now, this is also a very hard thing for me because I like to multitask. Okay, I think women, if you're a guy listening, you might understand. But women in particular, we are such good multitaskers. Like, let me just say I can eat. I can like do two things on two different computers and be like, I don't know, cleaning at the same time. So it's very difficult, but eating mindfully means kind of enjoying your food and, you know, not eating with a phone or movie on or reading a book or doing work. And for me, it's most realistic to opt for one or two mindful meals a day because that is a goal that I can reach. I cannot do three or four. Yes, sometimes I eat four or five times a day. I can't say that those can all be mindful because I'm a busy person. I'm a student. I have a, I have two jobs. Like I'm a very busy person. 
However, um, just having one or two mindful meals a day can really help teach your body about what and when it wants something. And lately, I like I can pretty much pinpoint um, cravings and why I have them, which is also why does this all go back to these pillars? But I'm telling you, these pillars are universal: honoring your hunger and gentle nutrition. I have been I in the beginning of my eating disorder recovery, I craved almond milk and um, vegan cheese like the one from Kite Hill, so bad. And I would literally drink and eat that vegan cheese and vegan milk like by the gallon. And I looked at the ingredients and like the nutrition facts. I'm like, wait a minute, this has a lot of calcium. Um, Within a month, my bone density grew by like so much. Like literally my bones, like my bones literally moved. I was recovering, but that's still like you're understanding what your body needs. And lately, I've been building a lot of muscle and my body's been craving a lot of proteins. So I've been craving eggs and meat a ton more. And that's part of, you know, being mindful is making something but adding some more protein because that's what you feel like and enjoying the food and enjoying the people you're with and not worrying about it. So I'm going to kind of brief over these little five pillars. So removing the diet mentality, making peace with food honoring your hunger, honoring your fullness, gentle nutrition with the 80-20 rule, and then eating mindfully. So you can learn how to be an intuitive eater, an 80-20 eater. I consider them the same because for me, that's the same, but it definitely takes a lot of practice and even I'm not perfect. So you definitely may over or under eat at first and your body will normalize. If you dealt with a lot of restriction, you might actually start eating a lot of of junk food but eventually your body doesn't want it um you can think back to like if you've ever been to an all-inclusive resort in like mexico or the dominican republic or something at first you go ham on the pizza and the drinks and everything but then after like day two you're good you want your fruit and you want your little piece of cake and that's good for you um so anyway i'm still not perfect with this i definitely struggle but i'm getting better and Um, because I have, um, almost fully recovered from my eating disorder, I've been able to really put these into practice and I'm very proud of myself for that because I literally used to rely on numbers to determine the numbers and time when and what and how much I could eat. And now I literally use my body and just using my brain and figuring, hmm, okay, I'm going to work. I better eat before. So there we have a guest speaker very soon probably the next episode or in two episodes. So you will definitely love her. I'm very excited to have her on. I'm not going to say who she is until she's on, but that's okay. And then definitely follow me, give me a rating and turn on those notifications. And if you want to put a face to the name and see how I look like and see me post and my reels and everything and my recipes, like those protein oats. Yeah. Follow me for that. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok with pretty much the same name as the show, just Wellness W Lana. So I hope you really, really liked this entire episode and just understand that we're all in this together. Right now it's the summer, so enjoy your summer and learn how to make peace with food and your body and just love yourself. And it definitely takes practice, but you can do it. I've been on the other side where I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot be an intuitive eater. And now I kind of am. So I hope you love this episode and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.